Hello, Fried fans, and welcome to Season 4 of Fried, the Burnout Podcast. I'm your host, Kate Donovan, and my mission with Fried is to hashtag end burnout culture. On this pod, we end burnout culture by sharing stories of people who have been through it all, sharing expert tips from the best in the burnout field, sharing hashtag straight from Kate episodes with my own expertise and some fun research now that I'm a student again, plus sharing actionable steps to help you end burnout starting today. If you're feeling burnt out right now and you need personalized guidance, you can book a free breakthrough burnout call with me. You'll find the link bit.ly backslash call Kate in the show notes. Also, if you love fried and want to be part of our community, we'd love to have you. Just head over to Facebook and type in fried the burnout podcast discussion and click to join our group. It's a place for continued healing, deeper conversations and connections with people who just get it. And now for this week's episode. Hi, everybody. Welcome, Fried Fam. Today, we are talking to Dr. Sandra Lewis, who is a clinical psychologist and personal energy strategist, helping heart-led, high-achieving women transform burnout, transform, transform burnout, emotional overload, and self-doubt into sustainable, purpose-driven success, confident leadership, and fulfillment. She supports women to make the impacts they feel called to make in our world. Dr. Sandra has extensive clinical and consulting experience, as well as certifications in yoga, qigong, and mindfulness. She has a unique ability to blend evidence-based research and ancient wisdom science into practical strategies to elevate well-being and effectiveness. She's also the author of Life in Four-Part Harmony, Get Everything in Your Life to Work with Everything Else in your life. In addition (laughs) to that, she is a gorgeous friend of mine who is one of the first people that I connected with in New Jersey through the Elevate community. Somebody said immediately at one of the meetings, you know, Dr. Sandra isn't here today, but you two would jive, like, please meet her. So we made a coffee date and she walked in and I was like, I'm in love. So it was the color purple. <laughs> yes, I'm so thrilled <laughs> to have you here today and to have this conversation. Every conversation I have with you feels like it should be recorded for people. <laughs> we had breakfast recently and the whole time I was like, wait, should I be writing this down? I know. Yeah, we did have that feeling of like, oh, shoot, we should have recorded this because yeah. that, you know, that sort of the way energy moves between people, right? When you feel that synchronicity and you help each other, right? You help each other grow. That's, um, I think that's always the beauty of connecting with you. Same here. So I'm so thrilled to have you here. As you know, on Fried, we start with your burnout story and I love Mm -hmm. your story. Plus I love the way you tell stories. So I'm going (laughs) to I'm going to sit back, let you launch into it, and then we'll use that to guide the rest of our conversation. Yeah. So let me just tell you, when I realized I was really burned out, what was happening is that I was driving into the parking lot of my office. And every time I would make that left turn to go into my office, this anxiety would hit me so hard. I'm in the car, I'm driving, and I'm just thinking, I can't do this. I can't go here. This is awful. I don't, and I'm realizing I'm a psychologist. So I know like this is severe anxiety, right? This is not good. So I'm driving and I'm go, I go to work and I just get to that point where I'm like, every day this is happening. And I said, 
I cannot go back. I can't go back. It was getting close to the end of a period where I could like take a break, right? And literally before that, for like two years, we had been involved in this process, people trying to collaborate. Of course, always when you're working on a big project in an organization, there are those people who are the naysayers who are constantly trying to tear it apart. But we just kept pushing, we just kept, right? And we were all just driving at it. I was like one of the last people that stayed on the project, right? <laughs> Everybody else was like, yeah, I give, right? I give, right? And so by the time I finished this thing, I gave, right? I gave out. I didn't have anything left to give to my work or to me. That anxiety was like my body saying, and my mind just said, no, I'll, no, you can't do this. So I decided to talk to my doctor. Um, I was doing yoga at the time, like every day. So the other thing I did was take every day. I literally practiced twice a day just trying to get myself back on track and went to my doctor. And I actually also just said, I have to take a leave. I literally cannot come back. I literally could not go back to my office. So I took a leave and um, worked with my doctor, did yoga, did all of these things to recenter myself. Like my body needed help. Like there were lots of things going on in my gut. (laughs) Just like, yeah, you you take this for a while. You, so, you know, when you get really burned out like that, your body has been on this frizz because you've been ignoring, right? And so what I discovered in this like 12 weeks of giving myself this time to like reconnect with me is I really discovered that I'd actually lost touch with my own voice. I was so involved in doing a thing, trying to get something done for an organization that I forgot like what I meant to the organization and what the organization meant to me. So I, I got lost in it. And then I got in deeply into yoga, started teaching yoga as a result of this. And when I got into yoga, I started finding my voice again. Like literally I could be standing there teaching a class and I could say something. I would notice somebody would shift. And so I felt started to feel this rhythm of me in the world again, me interacting with people. And then people would say, like, are you teaching? Are you teaching? Because they would feel what I was feeling as their bodies were speaking back to me right there. So that gave me this moment of coming back to. So who is Sandra and what is it that you said you were doing in the world? And then the yoga helped me to see like, oh, this is who you are. Remember this commitment you have to helping people heal. but. Remember also the commitment you have to being you. Mm. That's something I learned from my family, right? Like being you is important in the world. I mean, I have a lot of history where we've been told to not to be us, right? So being me in the world was what I rediscovered in that process. And so it was a building of coming back to being me. And of course, afterwards, there were still stumbles because I was so far down this, this hole. <laughs> I was way in this hole that the climb out, right? And then just when you get on steady ground, feeling yourself again, right? That that ability to just say, oh, okay, let me take a break. Let me listen. Let me know why. So one of the things that grew out of that, Kate, was what I call, what I now call when I use it with clients, a one-question reset. And so the question I often ask myself when I get really stressed out, it's what does this have to do with who I came to the world to be? Okay. We're going to pause for a second. And I'm going to ask you to say, ask that question one more time, a little 
more slowly because this is something that people need to hear. And for the listeners today, I want you to pause the podcast when you hear this question and see if you can come up with an answer. Because I know that as Dr. Sandra is talking, there's a scenario that you're playing in your mind. It's not just her story that's coming out. It's your story that's coming out too. So in relation to your story, Dr. Sandra, let's hear that question one more time. What does this have to do with who I came to the world to be? So what does it have to do with who I came to the world to be? And that's the question I asked myself. That's a big question. Big question. That's a big question. I have full body chills. <laughs> I was just actually, I just wrote a post in my Facebook group. Um, so people that are in there will be listening to this, you know, a, a month or so from now and thinking, you wrote that post a month ago, but you know, that that's how this recording process works. But I just wrote a post today because I've been asked over the past two weeks, four times to speak at a major event for free, for exposure, or for a grand sum of $150. And I said, I'm not doing that anymore. I am a professional speaker. I do big events. And I absolutely spent two years of my life doing free slash exposure slash $75 events. I get that that is part of the process. And I am not mad at people for asking. You can't blame people for asking. But when I get those emails now, two years ago, I was like, yes, sign me up. I'm doing it. I get them now. And it's not in alignment with who I came in this world to be. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When you know that, you don't really have to question your actions. No. You or then justify. know or justify, right? You then know this is the right action for me in this mm -hmm. moment, right? You know that a saying no. That's not the road I'm on, right? I understood that was a part of my path for a while, but right, that will not uplift me to where I'm going now, right? That helped me get here. But what, as that book says, what got you here won't get you there, right? Mm -hmm. It's now you have to switch, right? It's time now, expand your strategies, expand your sense of worth. So knowing that, just that, being able to get so deep and centered in your own who, your own why, will allow you an open flow of energy that helps you make decisions, right? Helps you get out of that place where you feel stuck, helps you feel more compassionate for yourself because you know you're doing this because it's in alignment with who you know yourself to be. And I'll tell you, the first time I said no to a $300 event, I was sweating. Yeah. I was sweating, but that's not even 10% of. Yeah. 
in the speaking exactly. world, you know, like that's, yeah. that's not yes. even, it's not even close. And so I stopped and I thought, you know, I've gotten to this point now where I get those questions and it doesn't feel like, oh my God, I'm saying no to money anymore. Right. It felt like that in the beginning. Now mm-hmm. it feels mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm leaving space open for something better for me. And yes. And on top of that, I am not taking the space of someone who needs to be in that spot right now, who needs to go through the process that I went through to get where I am. Somebody really wants to do that talk for $150. So I posted in my Facebook group. I said, listen, I'm getting a lot of offers. I know some of you are burnout professionals. Who in here wants these offers? I will give them to you. This is me climbing up the rope and then reaching my hand down to my sisters That's and saying, right. come along for the ride, That's honey. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Cause so, we don't do this alone. Yeah. No, this whole idea of interdependence, mm. right. Is that we, we overlap, we overlap with each other. Right. It, like the people in that meeting, they knew there was an overlap between the two of us. Right. We yeah. met and I was like, do I know her? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, on some how level, yes. How, how do I know her, right? So, you know, this willingness to share is yeah. also incredibly important. Yeah. Uh, and we're in the fall, right? What does fall say, right? It's, it, it, it connects to that whole Taoist idea. You let go to receive, mm. it was, right? You let go to receive. Like this idea that things complement each other. When you let go of that, and pass it on to someone else. Exactly. I see it. You, you opened up room to receive what you really want, right? You got clarity around what you really want, which is beautiful. Clarity is a wonderful thing. And it all boils down to that question. Yeah. Right. Yeah. What does this have to do with who I came to the world to be? Yeah. <laughs> every, every time it's just as powerful. <laughs> We're just yes. going to have an hour of yeah, repetition right. of that yeah. question. <laughs> like, right, you know, you know, you, when you have your question, right. The one that works for you. Yeah. It changes your life. It really does. It's just you pause on it. You know, you pause and you ask yourself that because you, you know, you learn how to catch yourself when you're in your spiral. Right. Yeah. Oh, I'm in a spiral now. Let me get centered here. Right. Because spiral is a good energy. It's just you don't want to go down to a place you don't know where you're going. Right. Yeah. So you want to see like where is this taking me? Right. Because spiral can take you up, too. So, so, yeah, I have a question that I haven't asked you in the past that we haven't talked about directly. And what I want to know is. Was it difficult for you? to shift back and forth between or shift toward this idea of being Dr. Sandra, clinical psychologist and personal energy strategist? Mm. Wow. So for me, I had to figure out a way to make sense of everything that I am and everything that I believe in. Right. And I, I was, I had to have help with that. <laughs> like, I was like, yeah, do y'all know somebody who can help me with this? And found this woman, right. And coached with her for a few months to, so that she could sort of help me see 
like, what is the thread between all of these things that I'm doing, right? And I was like, okay, okay. And she said, you see all this work you're doing around energy, this and this. And I was like, yeah. But I always think of that, you know, because, you know, studying Qigong, right? I think of that as very personal. I think of it as something I want to share, but it's hard for people to sort of understand it. Because the moment you say energy, they think, oh, you mean like energy healing? I mean, like, no, you, your energy body, (laughs) the energy body that's beneath this physical body that you see and how we can work with that to connect with the frequencies that help us to heal, right? I'm like, oh, I don't know anything about that. And so all of a sudden, you know, we just course, got weird. From... Right? Like, all of a sudden, you just were like, what is this woman talking like, about, right? But you're a clinical psychologist, right? And you're like, also true. Yeah, absolutely, right? So yeah. this this whole idea of energy is so ancient, right? It's mm-hmm. in so many traditions. Um, you know, we talk about yoga. We talk about prana. We talk about chi. Uh, the Yoruba tradition, we talk about ashe. So physicists talk about energy. <laughs> so there's this thing that drives stuff, right? This thing that makes things happen. So for me, it was like helping me feel a sense of integration. What was going to help me come to a place where I felt like all of me was integrated? Because I couldn't leave any of that behind. Mm. I couldn't say, okay, well, we can just do this cognitive behavioral thing, which I know very well, right? <laughs> or we can just do this Qigong thing, which I know, right? But it all, you know, I, I needed a way for it to fit. I needed yeah. to feel a sense of integration. Mm. So that's how it came to me, right? Working with someone to help me come up with, like, how do I describe what I'm doing? Yeah, I believe in strategy wholeheartedly. Like, yeah. we just, like, cause when you, when you start to lose it, you need something to ground. So strategy for me is about ground, just ground, get, feel yourself in the earth, feel yourself settled and then move. Right. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's how it worked. It worked. It was actually to, to integrate. <laughs> that was my, that was my effort to integrate all of me into like a phrase. <laughs> Yeah, well, and I think that's really important because I think um, what I find in a lot of people that burn out is that that we tend to be a a little multi-passionate and we like a lot of things, right? Yeah. And we get stuck liking a lot of things and wanted to do a lot of things. So we cut a lot of things out and we just focus on one thing because we're like, well, if this one thing is going, then I guess I'll be all right. (laughs) But then you realize that you like a lot of things. So you try to do all the other things at the same time, even though you tried to do one thing at a time. Now you're doing 12 things at a time. We don't ever go to three. No, we're either at one or 14. Yeah. Right. Like we're, we're constantly in this massive range. So what I've found often is that, that people do have a hard time. And when, when you look into the research on boundaries, there's a lot of, um, research based on whether boundaries should be separating forces like fences or whether they should be integrative forces like a shared uh, Mm -hmm. common square or yard behind Mm -hmm. houses, right? So Mm -hmm. there's a lot of question about that. And people tend to think that boundaries are only about separation, but they're not. Mm -hmm. Boundaries Mm -hmm. are also about how much we integrate, how much we Mm -hmm. connect, how much we Mm -hmm. let in. Yeah. How many gates yeah. we leave open, how many windows are open, how many door, how many alarms yeah. are on. Uh, you know, there's so many ways we can talk about this. So you said that you 
went internal, you went into yoga and Mm -hmm. through going internal, you found your way back to connecting to people with an ability to see their adjustments and see. And this is something that I want to spend a minute on because a lot of times in the beginning of my coaching, one of my suggestions is long-term, you need a community to heal from burnout, but right Mm -hmm. now you need yourself and you need to pretty much let go of a lot of social commitments for a little bit because you can't enter those spaces whole right now, which means you are going to be pushed and pulled in all sorts of directions Mm -hmm. until you get back integrated into yourself Mm -hmm. so that you can enter those spaces whole so that you can flow with the push and pull as you choose instead of being forced. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm hearing you talk about burnout as a kind of, when we get there, we often feel very fragmented, Mm -hmm. which I will say I definitely felt fragmented. I felt I'm going in 8,000 directions Mm -hmm. and everything. I can't figure out where I am anymore. I'm so anxious. I don't know what anything means anymore. This mm. just feels awful. This is yeah. this is not my life. I don't even feel a part of it. And the one thing that was helping me just ground a little bit every day was I just went deeply into yoga. And then I got to my doctor, right? And started to get my body some healing. And I once I was there, like you said, that yoga helped me get inside of myself. And I committed to my practice twice a day. I said, I'm going to do this twice a day for two weeks and I'm just going to go in here and I'm going to be in my practice. I'm not in in that room. I'm in the mirror with me only. I hear the voice of the instructor. I see me. I'm watching and I'm noticing how I can shift because in a in a yoga posture, right, there is this opportunity to notice your tightness, to be aware of what's happening inside of you. So you can get into, right, start to reset yourself a little bit because your, your nervous system is fried at that point, like as, as your podcast tells us, <laughs> right, it's fried. So this ability to get inside is absolutely important because the, we are fragmented. And in order to help us start to come back together, going inside, it's necessary to see like, where are the breaks? What breaks me, right? Oh, I see this now. And how do I heal? How do I see right? How to fuse things back together. Yeah. Where do I, where have I put a fence or a brick wall where there needs to be an open yard or a garden mm-hmm. yeah. or a wall of flowers? Yeah. 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 You also made me think about boundaries. I'm, I'm trying to remember, I forget who I was talking to the other day, but we also had this discussion about boundaries. It's probably Maybe me. they took us through, through, this, <laughs> through this exercise, right? Where where you, it was a meditation, right? And so I said, oh, wait a minute. What I realized is that when I grounded myself and set this boundary is I felt this relaxation. And she said, you know, so what, one of the things that boundaries do is they actually help you to open your heart because there's a sort of a sense of safety that comes. And I was like, yeah, I felt like I could welcome people in but I didn't have to let them into me in a way that disrupted me. Mm. So, and I think that's what you're talking about when you're saying like, 
you know, this whole being in the community, trying to be with everybody, right? You're doing it this way because you're frazzled. But if you come back to it when you're whole and you keep finding those ways to find your wholeness, then you're going to interact in a different way. So it was like one of the first times I thought about boundaries as a path to opening my heart. Yeah. Yeah. When I describe this to people, oftentimes I talk about your house and how at night when you go to sleep in order to feel safe, you close and lock your door, you shut your downstairs windows, and maybe you set an alarm depending on what kind of person you are, where you live, whatever, you know, but that's what your boundary is at that moment. And what we're sort of taught to do, especially as women, is to be available to people all the time. So we leave our front doors open. All of our windows are open. Our front gate is open. And then somebody runs into our house and we're like, what the hell are you doing here? And they're like, it was open. But we're mad about it, right? Mm -hmm. This is like this idea that actually closing our homes and keeping our boundaries safe is what allows us to then open our home when we're ready with, with a full heart. Yeah. 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 Is really important. Yeah. Yeah. Making a decision about when and how you open your heart. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and and the space you need to be in to open your heart. Yeah. Right. The safer you feel, the easier it is. Yeah. Safer you feel, the easier it is. And when you're safe inside you, Kate, I think that's that's really like where this we're is trying it. to get people yeah. is like being safe inside of you. That inside of you is a safe place to be. Because when you're burned out, inside you doesn't feel safe anymore. You're like, oh, inside me is a scary place. That's why people right? want to escape, right? That's why escape, one of the biggest right? things is that people want to disappear, escape, flee. These Please, are the words let me we run. Hear. Mm-hmm. Yes, let me run. Yeah. Excuse me, can I hide? Oh my God, right? So getting to that place where inside of you feels very safe so that you can open up, so that you can see, you can feel you and how you want to move in the world is, is there is no value we can place on that. That's yeah. just, yeah. So you started that process with yourself through yoga. Mm-hmm. This is way back when now, because your burnout was yeah, long time that ago was, now. That was a long, that, that, that really Particular, hard one. Yeah. Yeah. That one, that was like a long time ago. Um, I've had incidents in between of course. where I was like, oh, oh, so you pushed yourself a little too close to the edge. <laughs> you better move that girl. <laughs> What's going on with you? Right. You know? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. yeah, that, that one where I had to literally quit work for 12 weeks. Thank that God was, I've never was, been back to that place. Yeah, exactly. So but you started at yoga and the last time I saw you, you walked in looking 20 years younger than I had seen you. I hadn't seen you in, during the pandemic, right? Yeah. So it was after the pandemic, we meet for coffee. You walk in and I was like, what magic are you on? And you were like, Qigong magic. And I was like... <laughs> This is the kind of moment where I get real irritated with myself, right? Because we have to take Qigong as part of Chinese medicine training. As as part of my master's degree, I had to take semester-long classes in Tai Chi and Qigong. I have known, I've gone to China to practice Qigong for weeks at a time. 
I've known this for so damn long. And you walked in and proved it to me better than I've ever been able to prove it to myself. Yeah. So where did this come into play? So you went, yeah. you were in yoga, you still do yoga, mm -hmm. you're a yoga teacher, I still do, but I, I don't, actually, I don't do yoga as much anymore. I still, I still do yoga because I love yoga, right? Like I do like stretching, but I'm not like the avid, like I have to do a yoga practice every day, but a Qigong practice pretty much every day I need to do something, right? Uh, because I see it differently now. Like I see wh what yoga does for me and I see what Qigong does for me. I see them very differently. So Qigong, I actually started learning it when I first started working as a professor. Oh, geez. So it's and, been a while. Yeah. Yeah. So it's been a while. Like, but then I was like, oh, I, I stopped. Right. <laughs> Just like you said. Right. I was like, oh, it was so good, Kate, that it sort of it sort of stirred all these things inside of me around like learning more about African traditions. And mm -hmm. so I'll tell you um, what I love about Qigong practice is really literally being able to connect to sort of an infinite source of energy mm. and to recognize that I can re reset myself, right? I, to, to, and that I can do it simply and easily with a practice. So my teacher says this thing, he said, when you do your Qigong practice, it's like an invitation. It's like you're saying to the universe, I want to be the best reflection of you. So let, let this practice help me to be the best reflection of all that is good in nature, right? We could think of it that way. And I, when he said that, I took, I took that to heart. I was like, oh, that's what I'm doing. So it's like I'm having this personal meeting with the universe right, every day, like saying, okay, help me be more brilliant reflection of all that is good, right? So I would say since last September, I have been so consistent in my practice, just like, cause you know, even as a Qigong practitioner, you fall off, you know, it's good for you, right? When I first came back to my practice about eight years ago, I had a bunion on my right foot, it shrank. I was like, what, how did that, how did that happen, right? But I was still like, eh, I don't know. But this pandemic kind of pushed us pushed me and I think all of us to think more deeply about what we really value and what really works. So I've been doing my Qigong practice and I've learned that they're, you know, the way my teacher's doing it now, he's given us these very like simple movements that get deep into your energy network, right? To help you reset yourself, to help you heal, to help you break down stagnation and just, you just stay with it. You just practice, right? So I've learned like some practices I can do in like 15 minutes and literally re-energize myself and feel myself as connected to something beyond this moment of these things I have to get done, right? <laughs> feel myself connected to why, right? Who I came to the world to be, Yeah. right? So I always teach, you know, particularly my clients who have like, anxiety. I teach them like this very simple breath that we learned, which if you are sitting in a meeting and you're feeling that anxiety rise, you could just do it. Nobody even has to know you're doing it, but you know, you just can be right there and calm yourself in the moment. So I found that Qigong is not, a lot of people think of just how you're going to change your physical body, but Qigong works at multiple levels because 
we're working with the meridian system. So the meridian system helps us to process our emotions, process our thoughts, right? Be more in touch with our own spirit. So I love it because it, it helps me get to all of me. Like in the morning, I can do 30 minutes and touch my mind, body, and spirit, right? And get myself calm. If I have a rough spot in the day, you know how like, oh, you learn your password is compromised and oh shoot, now you got to get a new credit card. Oh, I wasn't planning that, but okay, but just go ahead, do this little march, do this thing, sell yourself and then go and do it, right? No, why is, I hope I'm making sense to you. <laughs> I mean, you're making sense to me, but before we continue, the let's just give people a really short overview of what Qigong even is, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. I'll let you so, do it. Yeah, so it literally means, right, Qi, energy, work, right? Work your energy, work with your energy, know your energy, um, exercise your energy. So when we're doing Qigong, we use our physical body, but we're using our physical body to get to our energy network. Because when that energy flows in that network well, everything else is peace, right? You know, those pains in your back go away. That stress you're feeling goes. And then you have access to it. It's just like when people talk about your parasympathetic and your sympathetic nervous system, right? When you can calm down, you now have access to your genius in a whole new way. So that's how I think of it. I'm like, I'm thinking this practice is helping me to access my genius, helping me to be in touch with me so that I can bring out the brilliance that I want to share in the world. And the, the motions are, can be really complex. There are some Qigong forms the, that are really complex, but there are a lot of postures that are pretty straightforward and simple. So after I saw Dr. Sandra last time, I went straight to her Qigong master's website and downloaded a video. It's the triple E's, I don't even remember what mm -hmm. it stands for, energy and two other things. Yeah. Yeah. Energy Whatever for everybody every day. <laughs> okay. Energy for everybody yeah. every day. And so um, I did it three or four days in a row and loved it. And of course, haven't done it since, but I will link to that in the show notes so that people have yeah. some sort of at least a starting point, you know, sort of what to look for. I have yeah. for years taught people to the Qigong standing posture the very mm -hmm. basic standing posture. And I taught people that because it's such a, to me, one part of that is connecting. The other part of that is it's a great way to dump, just dump stuff out of your body, right? Just mm -hmm. the thoughts, the situations, the, all of the stuff, mm -hmm. just, it's mm -hmm. just a great way to dump. So I have taught that a million times over the years, but it is, that's a, seven minute practice at the longest. Like if you can hold mm -hmm. it longer than 60 seconds, you're killing it because it's hard mm -hmm. to hold your arms up for a full minute when yeah. you don't have any practice. Right. Yeah. So Qigong can be really simple movements. Um, for those of you out there that are like, is this Tai Chi? Tai Chi came out as a branch of Qigong. So Tai Chi is a form of Qigong, but Qigong is also separate. Like it's, it's its yeah. own thing. Um, mm -hmm. so those are a little bit different. So Tai Chi sort of blends, takes Qigong and sort of puts it toward, toward martial arts and Qigong itself is not for, 
is the the benefit of qigong is the cultivation of energy and the healing of your own body and the increased ability of yours to heal other people mm -hmm. absolutely yeah because you change yourself as a channel right and you can right depending upon like who you study with you can also in medical qigong you can yeah. become a channel where you can actually send out energy to support someone you know who's there in front of you they might have hurt themselves or something you can send energy to support them and when you practice in a group it's beautiful it gets strong right? quick. when you get where it gets really strong right you you practice with like a group of people you know yeah. you could practice like four or five people in a group or even like in our class in our classes we've had 100 people yeah you know practicing together over a weekend and you just leave that weekend feeling so renewed because your your practice is strengthened and multiplied when you're in that field energy yeah. field with other people yeah yeah and that i had a thought pop up and then i wanted to listen to you and then it floated away into the ether <laughs> <laughs> that's okay it'll come back yeah. if it's really important yeah. So would you say that now it seems like what you're saying is this is like a core strategy for being and surviving right now for you? Oh, absolutely. It is a core strategy. It is a part of the way I wake up. For me, one of the most important parts of the day is how I wake up. What I do in that first hour or so after I get up is really essential to what my day looks like and what my life looks like. Because now I'm, I'm reconnecting with the world in a different way, like I've been in a rest mode and now I want to reconnect. So when I do that, I want to come from this place of knowing who I came to the world to be, right? I want to come from this place of connection to my own purpose. And Qigong does that for me. So I like to start the morning with those kinds of practices that allow me to connect deep in. Um, and it can be, you know, you can do that simply too. Like I tell my clients, you know, when you wake up in the morning, nobody knows you're awake. You're the first person to know you're awake. So in that first two minutes before anybody, the kids run in or your partner turns over and says, you, you woke, right? You can say, you know, you can just remind yourself, right? You take two minutes and breathe and remind yourself of who you came to the world to be, right? So I do, I do this every morning. And then uh, when the pandemic first hit, I was doing a morning and an evening practice because it was just a lot of stuff. Yeah. Um, and so if there, if I do reach a period where like I notice in the day I'm feeling worn, I'm feeling a lot's going on, I'll stop. I have things I can do, practices I can do in like five minutes to reboot myself. And then at night, if I really feel like I need some extra like you say a standing posture you could stand in a posture you know for like six minutes yeah and that'll help you have better sleep so yeah i love that so how are you working with people now yeah so right now i'm doing individual one-to-one -one clients yeah and i'm also doing these like free you know three-day kind of workshop things with people you know so they can get to know what I do, see if see if it's a good fit for them, which I love. <laughs> it's like I really enjoy like getting to see what people are challenged by and how I might match with them. I don't know. It's like it's almost like this like 
hey, let's play jacks together and see, like, you know, what's your strategy when you have to pick up three and one's over there and two are over here, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. So I really love that. Um, and I, I enjoy the work with one-to-one clients. And I also do, you know, because I have this history of working with people in HIV, burn, burning out, right? Or HIV In HIV AIDS epidemic, burning out. I also present, you know, work with organizations. If you need someone to help, with stress management, if you need somebody to do something on resilience for your group, your your group, I also do that kind of thing, which I, I love because see, in an organization, you when people take it back, you can see their organization shift, right? You can see them shift in their mission, get closer to their mission. So all of it for me is about seeing people get closer to their mission, yeah. feeling them know who they came to the world to be, and like feeling them be able to do that. I love that. And what do you think when you meet with clients that are like freshly burnt out, we're obviously not giving them a half hour of Qigong to do a day. So there are people listening that are like, oh my God, I'm far enough along in this process. Like I need her immediately. And there are people that are like, this lady's going straight over my head. But I know that you don't go over people's heads when you're working one-on-one with them. So if somebody came to you today and was like, Dr. Sandra, I'm a wreck. I'm totally fragmented. My body is split into 8 million pieces. I don't know what's left and what's right. Where do we start? Those people that are listening today, like what do they need to know right now? Yeah, the start is relief. (laughs) It's it's that simple. One word, relief. Relief and reintegration. Because first, you have to come back to some sense of wholeness before you can even figure out where your next step is. So we don't reset your nervous system and get you to a place of calm and compassion for this place where you're in that, hey, every step you take helps you get to the next step. Every place you've been will help you get where you're going. That compassion piece is really important because I find people are so angry at themselves for letting themselves sometimes get to a certain mm-hmm. point, particularly when they are the they're the people who take care of other people. They do and, they, and they're expected to to like be on top of things. And they think, well, how did I get to this place? I feel ashamed. I feel right. I feel guilty. I feel embarrassed. So the first thing is like to relieve you from this like little gremlin in your head. This saying okay, you, you, you should be punishing yourself for being in this bad shape and help you get to a place where you feel whole again. So, and that can include, that can include some breath work. That can include me talking with you about this gremlin and how, what is it, how is it trying to help you, right? Trying to flip it. But the most important thing really does, it, it, it is about just, just getting inside of you and starting to get this relief starting to get this sense of how do I reset my nervous system and just tuning in like this awareness of what's going on so that you can reset yourself so that you can know I'm I'm really excited by using your senses right like the things that you see um the 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 frequencies that move you how your body when you take a walk right it could be walking your dog when you go outside and you're noticing so you you know you I just start by noticing what do people do in their everyday life and where in their everyday life could there be a space for relief Mm -hmm. for them to see that they actually can turn this thing around 
Yeah, or at least turn the dial down slowly until. Yeah. Yeah, because it's it's not it's not a rapid thing, right? <laughs> Twelve weeks of being out of work, right? When I was in yeah. a really bad place. Twelve weeks. And I was like, oh, shoot, I got to go back at 12 weeks. Okay, wait, what are my tools? How am I going to do this? Right. So there's like yeah. a re-entry process when you have to go out like that. Right. Yeah. So it's the same. Right. There's no rush. There's no rush for you to be well. There is, right, a sense of importance mm -hmm. that you are well. So we want to acknowledge and honor the fact that we want you to be well and that we're taking action. Right. So small things, I always look for what are the small things people can do to start to feel what, what relief is like, because we don't even know relief. All, in that moment when I was so burned out, all I knew was how frazzled my body felt. Yeah. People could be saying anything to me. And I was like, oh, I can't even hear you. Yeah, same. What? What, you, what did you say? I, I probably asked that question like 87 times. <laughs> <laughs> what did you say? Okay, so you're saying, and I would have to repeat because I... You know, I but it still wouldn't make there. sense. I couldn't be there, right? So sometimes, right, you know, it's like you said, you have to take that deep walk away from things. Yeah. You have to have a lot more time inside and you have to be willing to do that. Now, I know some people have jobs. They can't just walk away like that. Yeah, of course. So a then lot, you a lot have of people to be have patient. That. Yeah. Right. Then you're going to have to be patient with yeah. your process, right? Yeah. It's going to call for some patience. You will not like just walk onto a meeting with me one day and then walk out and say, oh, I'm good now, right? Yeah. Like, so. Snap yeah. your fingers and be through it. Right. Yeah, I for wish. me, this is the, right? This is the power of working with someone, especially when you're in a burnt out state, because I find that that relief comes from, and healing starts from a place of being seen, heard, mm -hmm. and validated. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. where and it I would, starts. You yeah, need somebody I, I for agree. that. Yeah. You know, you need yes. another person for that. You can't do that to yourself. Yeah. That requires yeah. another being. Yeah. And mm -hmm. that reminded me of like clients who come when they are in a workplace that really just encourages burnout. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah, so this place you work, it's not really set up for you to have like peace of mind. Right. right. So if this is the space you're in, we have to start thinking about. So, you you know, the way you're feeling is is absolutely a reasonable reaction to what you're dealing with. Right. Yeah. And they don't think that. Right. They right. they just think they're doing something wrong. It's like you say it's not your fault. Right. Yeah. They just think they're doing something wrong. But when we talked on that that Friday for breakfast, yeah. one of the things both of us talked about is that burnout is not just a function of who we are as individuals. We live in and work in families. We work in organizations. There are things outside of us that also impinge upon us and we react to those things. So we, if systems don't change, we will still just keep having to deal with these same challenges, right? And we can learn to navigate them differently but if the system the system doesn't change, we're just constantly in this environment that's asking us to, to go down this road of burnout. Yeah. So being able to figure out that systems need to change. I mean, I think that's why a lot of people are working, looking at medical systems now yeah. and how we've asked physicians and nurses and nurse practitioners, healthcare providers to work 
hour after hour without a break and to just and to deal with some of the toughest decisions ever and not have a time to process that and how that wears on a person's spirit. Yeah. So we know that there are some professional things. There are some things that need to happen in professions. Like you can see that too sometimes in people who work in like engineering or they're building products. Law. Law, Right. Law is a big one. Law. Law. Right. It's another one. Right. They just they work out and it's like they sleep at their office. And I mean, I have a friend in a nonprofit and she's in the human resources. Oh, nonprofit is another big one. She literally had she had to find she found a employee who had literally been sleeping at work she was like saying she'd get up and she check her email before going to the office and discover this person's emailing her at like two or three o'clock in the morning and I'm like so so there's also generations of people who don't really know what the end of a day is yeah they don't they've never had a life where work day ended whereas like you know my elders came home at five o'clock right yeah you know I knew jobs right mm-hmm. yeah it was over Mm. So you could process and you get ready for the next day. So those, you know, those are challenges that exist in our environment that we have to become aware of so we can figure out how to negotiate them. So this is a big thing. And I got accused on Twitter recently of not paying enough attention to the systemic problems with both you and I know is not true. I think about them all the time. It's just when I'm talking to someone individually or writing an article to an individual person, I need to focus on the things that you can control. That doesn't mean I'm not thinking about the systems. It's just that, you know, systems are made up of people. Yeah. So we need to break this down on, on, both and at both levels at the same time. So when you have somebody like generally in my process, we focus on the internal stuff as much as we can first. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then we say, okay, well, how does this shift any of these external things? And if it doesn't, then how do we change these external things? Knowing that there are people that don't have the ability, whether financial or some sort of neurodiversity or some sort of other to just change jobs, like changing job is a stressor in itself. Not everybody mm-hmm. can do that. So yeah. how do you help people navigate that sort of stickiness? Mm-hmm. It is sticky, right? So when you come back to wholeness, right? The first thing is you coming back to your sense of integration because then you can start to think like, what is a way I can handle this? Mm-hmm. So even, um, what is that old book? Um, Banishing Burnout uh, by Leiter and uh, Christine yeah. Maslock, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, that where they talk about when you have too many demands at work and how to get to a point where you figure out what in this day, even though it's really, really hard, where in this workplace do I find any joy? Where do I find something that fulfills me? Um, And as you heal yourself and you say, okay, I'm still in this crazy place, then what though in this place do I still actually enjoy? I will say that that's the strategy I used when I was young in my career. I did not know what I was doing at the time. All I knew was my job had changed. And now we were going from this kind of more community psych orientation to this very psychiatric orientation. And we were going medical model this thing. And I was like, yeah, no, I can't work with children and families like that. That's not going to work for me. Now I got to look for a job, right? So I started looking for a job. But what I did every day in order to manage, and I had mentors, right, too. So I, I went to work and I focused on what did I love about the work? I love the kids and the families. And so I really just put all of my focus on that, doing that well. 
noticing these other things that were going on that were out of my control, but didn't impact at all how I interacted in that room and how those interactions nurtured me. So even when we're in a space that's not a pretty space, we can probably find things that bring us some joy. Um, yeah, like case that I like I remember a case study of a nurse just running around all the time, but there was a project she wanted to work on on the unit. And so she got somebody to cover for her. Like if you just cover me like 15 minutes a day, 15 minutes a week, I can just go do this little project. And, right. So it's just like, you know, and I'll do something for you. So you find those people that you can exchange because y'all all in the same system. So you all are probably experiencing something similar, similar but you can help her, each yeah. other. Right. Yeah. So this is where you talk about now the community helps you. Right. Because you find those people you can connect with that will help you. Right. Like I had my mentors. Yeah. And they were like, OK, this isn't going to work. Well, let's start thinking. <laughs> Okay, but we're gonna work on this first. And then, you know, actually when I was younger, a job came along, right? Yeah. And it was like, that's how I got, that's how I started working in HIV AIDS. Yeah. Was this job came along and it was perfect. Yeah. Somebody in the group recently asked how you can, and you just touched on this, but how you can know that you're in a system where you're not the only person that's burnt out still make decisions that are good for you, knowing that that leaves more things undone, which essentially could burden the other people in the system who you know are also burnt out, right? Like you're, you're in this system, it's totally messed up. Everybody's burnt out. In order to take care of yourself, you have to pull back some, but if you pull back some, you know that you're burdening your colleagues and then you feel guilty. So it's almost not worth it. So you do it yourself and then you're stuck in this. Is it the same answer to that? I think that's a little bit different because I think in those situations, you can negotiate with people. You can say, listen, you know, I tried to get this done by this time, but it's just not reasonable, right? This is actually going to take longer. So I need to push the, the deadline back or I need to do this so that we can all be a little bit more sane. When you're all in it together and you're all like about to make each other crazy, you can decide as a team, how are we going to keep ourselves sane? Like what would make this easier? You might even discover that, you know what, you're doing that piece, but that piece, I like it a lot better. You want to switch, right? There might be ways for you to move things around that everybody, because something that, that takes me a long time, if somebody else could do it faster and we could, it, it's easy for us to switch, you just switch. So that I think is where the community can be really, really helpful when you all know you're in the same boat. Is there a way that you can say, what would be the best way to do this? And do we just tell whoever the supervisor is, look, we, this, we're trying to get to this timeline. We can get to this point in this timeline and we can make the project work in this timeline, but it would be better if we did it this way. Yeah. And I think that also lends to, that's, that's really dependent on being in a workplace where you trust each other. Yeah. And if you're yeah. not in, in a workplace where you trust each other, sometimes the only answer, no matter how difficult it's going to be, is going to be to leave. You might need yeah. to create a plan first. I'm not saying quit your job yeah. and don't have any backup and don't have any mm -hmm. money in the bank. And I'm not saying that, Yeah. but sometimes the only reasonable thing to do is yes. plan an exit strategy because yeah. that's, I mean, that's a lovely yeah. thing to do with one another. But usually we burn out because we're not being vulnerable in the office where there's no trust. The communication isn't clear. Mm -hmm. 
right? So getting and to it's that unfair point, and it's and unfair. it's unfair and people are competing with each other. Yeah, right. They're not. There's not cooperation. There's competition. Right. Right. right? Right. So yes, in that instance, you know, eventually you want to leave. I mean, that's what I did when I was younger. I was like, well, yeah. I'm going to leave this job. I just need to figure out where I'm going. Yeah. And until I get there, I'm going to focus on what I love. Yeah. And I'm going to start looking for opportunities. And literally, it wasn't that long that I had to do that because an opportunity came along. And one of my supervisors said, my mentor said, hey, you know, they're looking for so-and-so. You might I was like, what? That is right up my alley. I would love to do that. That job was, I will say, the best job I ever had in my life. I love that. I love that job. It was great. Yeah. That's so cool. Absolutely. All right. So we are at the top of the hour. I want to ask you if there's something that you would like to leave people with today and following that up, let them know where they can find you. Of course, all of your information will be in the show notes, but some people are not going to want to wait to click into the show notes. They just want to Google whatever it is you're about to say so they can find you immediately. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Mm. I really feel like that reset question is is the message for today. Mm -hmm. Just feels like reminding people that the brilliance you offer the world is something you want to fall in love with, right? To just fall in love with these infinite ways that you bring good into the world. So that each each day when something comes up or anytime something comes up, you can say, what is it, right, that I want to offer and how will this help me get there? Because even our challenges can help us get there. But because burning out, right? Hey, Kate, we burned out and here we are helping people. Yeah. Get out of it. Right. Yeah. So this, this kind of being able to have compassion for ourselves and to recognize there's something that's really important about what we have to offer. I don't think there's much of a substitute for, for that kind of awareness and Mm -hmm. that the comfort that can bring us over time. So that would, that, that's my, my closing thought. Um, And of course people can follow me. I'm on Facebook, the living source. Uh, I have this group called Spark Soulful Success. And um, my website is Life in Four Part Harmony. It's the same as my book title. <laughs> com. So, um, and connect with me on LinkedIn. I like friends. <laughs> <laughs> we like, like LinkedIn friends. friends. Yeah, I like our friends. Yeah. So awesome. Well, yeah. that was as per usual heartwarming and lovely and makes me feel like a better version of myself already. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, thank you, Kate. It was great. I was so happy. I had opportunity to spend this time with you. Ditto. All right, fried fans that wraps up another episode of fried the burnout podcast. And I feel like this was a really uplifting one. So I hope you can take that energy with you into your worlds, into your lives, and really, really absorb the fact that you deserve all the goodness that is coming your way. Until next time.